I'm going to start by asking you a question or two. How many of you, at least for the time being, are grateful that the snow is gone? Yay! It's 70 degrees out there today. It's supposed to be. It's going to be close. Isn't it funny how there are only 12 months in a year. My grandpa used to say in Minnesota, there's nine months of winter and three months of darn poor sledding. And that's (laughs) kind of true. There's 12 months in a year, and we know, we know that we are not guaranteed anything once October hits. I mean, like, once October hits, it's a flip of the coin whether we're going to get snow, and certainly once Halloween hits, it's just, we're going, we're, we're going, snow is, is coming, it is going to be here. So we're not guaranteed, and so three weeks ago, was it, we had five, six inches of snow. How many of y'all were ready for that six inches of snow? Not many. From church to L&M, I heard people over and over again, oh, man, I'm not ready for snow, not ready for snow, not ready for snow. Personally, I was not ready for snow. We know it's coming, and yet the barbecue grill was still out, and the patio furniture was still out, and bikes and trikes and scooters were out, and leaves were everywhere, and uh, uh, tin. I'm not really sure where I got the pile of tin that I got when I got my property. There was a pile of tin. And then my son works for a company where he helps me tin anything we're going to, so we buy tin and we end up with extra tin. And somehow during the course of this summer, I wanted to get out a sheet of tin and I'm going through this pile and there was oil. Oil, got on the used motor oil, I suppose. I probably, I don't know what happened, but I have a pile of tin. I'm looking for one or two clean sheets, and the next thing you know, I've got 20 sheets of tin spread out in my yard, looking for clean sheets that aren't damaged. Do you know how much room that takes up? You know, a sheet of tin is three feet wide, so that would be 60 feet, and they're 12 to 15 feet long. I had tin everywhere. Can you imagine getting six inches of snow, wet, heavy snow, on top of tin everywhere? Because you know, and I know, that if I don't do something with it, the snowblower or the snowplow or the skid steer will, right? Or, better yet, just while I'm walking up to the garage, I'm going to step on one of those sheets, and we're going to go down because tin is not incredibly stable when it's got four inches of wet, slippery snow. It doesn't get more stable as the year goes on. So in the past week and a half of this BEA beautiful weather that we've had, this tin is all cleaned up. I, got it. it's all, it's, I found it all, and I'm cleaning it all off, and we're putting it away. And I've seen people out canoeing. I've seen people out boating. Three weeks ago, my little pothole lake was froze over. Caleb was walking out, not very far, but he was walking on the ice. And now, it's all thawed out, almost. The little bay's got a little bit in it, ice in it. But, but I actually saw a guy raking leaves the other day. It was me. 
So fearful was Lindsay's neighbor that this snow was going to stay that when we got the four inches of snow, he was out with a push mower, mowing his lawn through the snow. No joke. Snow flying, leaves flying. Ah, winter hit again and I'm not ready. Right? It happens. How does that happen every year? It's like it sneaks up on us. And yet... We have been blessed with this last couple of weeks and today another glorious day. You know what we'd call that last week and a half? You know what we'd call those last? I don't think we can call it Indian summer anymore, right? I'm pretty sure that's kind of off. When I was a kid, that's what we called it. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I don't think we can do that anymore. So I won't from here on out. But you know what we'd call that last two weeks? We'd call this last two weeks redeeming our time. We redeemed our fall. I didn't have anything done, and now I got stuff done. Literally, my patio where the furniture was, clean, nothing on it, nothing. I was blowing leaves I'll just say it. I was blowing, the leaves were so thick, apparently the cat killed a mouse a while ago, and I'm blowing leaves, and all of a sudden there's a mouse flying through the air. <laughs> there's so much stuff out there. It just, it's, it's just everywhere, clean as can be. I don't have tin in my yard anymore. I move stuff around so that my plowing, and now I can, I can get to where I need to go with the plow tuck. I have spent the last two weeks saying, Lord, if I could just get a couple more days, just a couple more days, I'm going to get it done, I'm going to get it done, I'm going to get it done. Is there anybody else that's done this with me, or is it just me? We want to redeem that time, right? It's important. It is, we've done things that I have put off. I could have moved that tin for probably the last 70 days but I wait until I get four inches of snow on it and go, God, please give me one more day of sunshine so I don't ruin it all and I don't fall on my backside. Right? Are you getting it? Are you getting it? There's some important things that need to be done. There's some things around us that need to get done. And we have managed to kind of sit and squander a whole lot of time. How many of you remember 9-11? Anybody? Remember 9-11? Remember 9-11? 9-11, we had this horrible attack on our nation. And so the evening of 9-11, it, it happened during the daytime, and uh, I was out changing a windshield, and I had a meeting at Pizza Hut that, for at lunchtime, and we met together, and we're watching it on the TVs around us, and it's terrible and everybody's moved and you get together but you really couldn't eat you're so sick I have people calling me pastor can we open up the church can we open up the church can we open up the church and pray so a 9-11 we prayed and 9-10 and 9-11 9-12 we prayed and about 9-13 we prayed and we prayed for about three weeks and after three weeks we kind of put our feet back up on a chair and got you know what I guess it's going to be okay and so what's on at seven o'clock What's on after the news? What's on next? 
we ran to church and we repented and we did what we, what we thought we needed to do and then we stopped. We just stopped, most of us. We certainly didn't repent. We didn't change our ways. We didn't, we didn't turn from our wickedness so God would heal our land. We just kind of kept on our merry way. And I'm here to tell you, I have sensed ever since the beginning of the year that God is bringing us into a different season. He's bringing us into a different time. This has nothing to do with the elections. It has nothing to do with COVID. Maybe it has to do with all of it. He's bringing us into a different season. And he's saying to the church, it's time to redeem your time. It's time to get out and get serious about the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 in the King James Version says this. See then that you walk circumspectly. Walk upright. Walk with, with, with integrity is what he's saying. Walk with integrity. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I have been redeeming the time lately because it's been 70 degrees. It's been beautiful. The snow has melted. I've redeemed that time. I've got my yard work all done. God says I want you to redeem the time now because the days are evil. Because there's garbage. Now, now you've got to understand, he was talking to the church at Ephesus. It, it's in Ephesians chapter 1. It's not on the thing. You don't have to find it. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints at Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Peace and grace to you from our Lord and Father, from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking to the church. He's saying to the church, redeem your days, redeem your time. Because the days are evil, and I can't preach this any better than the Apostle Paul preached it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to back up, and we're going to read this passage, but we're going to read it in context. It's 516 is where we're at. We're going to back clear up to chapter 4, and I want to read to you the setup. This is how Paul set this passage up. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17, Paul says, So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles, the Gentiles being the ungodly, the people who did not know God. Do not live like they do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and they are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is, that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Step number one. The Gentiles were not open to God moving. They were not, there was, a, there was, they were ignorant because of the hardness of their heart. They weren't open to God, God's whisper, to God saying, I want you to go here, I want you to go there, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. They were not open to that. And there was a hardness in their heart. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality and to indulgence and every kind of impurity. They are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you learned. He's speaking to the church and he's saying, listen, if you've got this junk going on in your life, it's not what I taught you. Don't go down, stop behaving like the Gentiles, stop behaving, we could, in, uh, we could insert the word world there, stop behaving like the world around you. It's not the way that you were taught.
However, that is not the way of life that you learned. When you heard about Christ, you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, to put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood Speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give a foothold to the devil. Paul is saying, I've got a whole list of things here. I don't want you to behave this way. Don't do that. That's what the world does. You get angry, and you're just going to let it fly. I'm mad, and doggone it, 17 people are going to know it. I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to be angry, and I'm going to sin. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cuss up. I remember my, I probably shouldn't tell. One day, my brother and I are cleaning the barns, okay? And we had a cow. I don't remember what her name was. She didn't remember what her name was either after he got through with her. He walked behind her, and she kicked him. Now, this was not the first time that she kicked him. It's like every time she walked, he would celebrate if he got behind her and he'd miss her. She'd, whoo, ha, 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 Well, this time he was having a bad day and he walked behind her and she kicked him and he took a shovel and she no longer remembered her name when he, banging on the cow and hitting her and it was, it was a pathetic sight. She really wasn't, he didn't kill her or anything like that, but he sinned. He was angry and he sinned. We can be angry and we don't have to walk in that sin because that's not how we were trained Paul says put off that stuff don't go that way I got a point here hang with me I got a point therefore each one of you must put off falsehood speak truthfully to your neighbors for we are members of one body and your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you're angry and do not give the devil a foothold. One of the things that I think is inferred here is as if we let the sun go down on our anger, we are allowing the devil a foothold in our life. He's saying, don't. How many of you would really like to do that? Would just like to leave an opening for the devil to get into your life? How many of you want to sign up for that program? Right? No, we don't want to sign up for that program. So Paul says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Deal with it. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no more, but must work, do something useful with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit them who listen to you. Oh, I skipped a page. That's bad. How do you go from five? Okay, that it may be. Now I'm really out of. Ah, okay. May benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander uh, and uh, among along with every other form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ 
Uh, just as in Christ God forgave you. Paul is setting us up. He's saying, this is the old man. This is the old nature. And you may be sitting out there and go, well, pastor, I've done all that. Check, check, check. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not into brawling, not into doing that anymore. I got rid of all the rage, got rid of all the bitterness. Good, keep those check marks going. Keep those check marks going. That's good. Keep, you don't, don't want to walk in that stuff. Paul said, set it aside. Set it aside. Hopefully we're there already. It goes on. He goes on. You know why Jesus gave his life for you? You know why he gave his life? is because he loves you. And he loves you, and he loves Wendy, and he loves Gino, and he loves Terry, and he loves Sheila, and he loves Corey, and he loves Jared, and he loves Tim. We can just go around him. He gave his life because he loves Isaac, he gave his life because he loves Leroy. He gave his, that's why he did it. Verse, chapter 5, verse 1, Paul sets it up and he says, lay aside all of that stuff. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love. Paul says, don't do these other things. That's what the world does. Don't do that. You walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice. When we give our lives, when we walk in the way of love, we give ourselves up for somebody else. It's like a fragrant sacrifice. I was working at my daughter's this year. I was putting a deck on her, and so I've got my truck backed in. It's, it's I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. Can I brag? Can I brag a little bit on Isaac? Isaac is driving by, and he's like, hey, what are you up to? Working on a deck. Isaac's Leroy's son. He's the, the, the little guy who's hiding out here in the blaze orange, okay? <laughs> there, you're good and embarrassed now, right? He's like, what are you up to? I said, I'm working on a deck. You want some help? He gave of his day. You know what that is? That's walking in the way of love. He could have said, you're working? I'm gone, man. I don't want to do that. How big are those 2 by 12s What? No, wait a minute. They're green treated and 14, 16 feet long? No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Oh, wait a minute. We got to shovel out holes so we can pour a little concrete in there? And yet he chose to come and help. Folks, that's like a fragrant offering to God. That is walking in the way of love. And you're going like, well, I'm not so sure, Pastor, that, you know, he's out digging holes, that that's a fragrant offering. I'm not saying he wasn't sweating. But before God, that was a fragrant offering. He gave up his time. Hang on, hang on. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these things are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity or foolish talk or coarse jesting that's out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Give thanks. Give thanks. Hang on, hang on. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, greedy person such a person is an idolater, 
has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. In the, the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're greedy, if you've got all these immoral things going on in your life, you are not going to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy. You're not going to. You're going to walk in guilt. You're going to walk in shame. You're going to walk in sorrow. There's going to be hurts. There's going to be habits. There's going to be hang-ups. There's going to be all kinds of junk that wants to follow you through life, and you are not going to inherit righteousness, peace, and joy and be able to walk in that. Hang on. Hang on. Paul goes on. For of this you can be sure. And then verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not partner with them. I want to tell you, boy, I take all the years of my life that I wasted partying, that I wasted hanging out with the wrong crowd, that I wasted all that stuff did nothing but bring death to my life. It did nothing but bring death to my life. It was, it's, it's just wrap it up all up in a package and throw it in the sewer. It was garbage. It was garbage. And you, I, wanna, I don't want to keep a camera on me, not a, but we got some young folks here. You know what? You have the opportunity to not throw your life away. You don't have to throw away all those years that I threw away, that Jim threw away, that Lonnie threw away, that Leroy. You don't have to throw those years away. You don't have to do that because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get five years, seven years, ten, down, ten years down the road, and you're going to go, you know what? I wasted those years. I wasted them. I can't believe I did that garbage. I can't believe I walked down that road. You don't have to do that. We get a chance to live for God and have that kingdom right here. Verse 8, for you once were in darkness, but now you're in light, in the light of the Lord. Live as children of light. Grab hold of verse 9. I've never read this until this morning. It's tearing me up. I'm still not sure I get it. Verse 9, for the fruit of light. King James says the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of life, consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. The fruit of light, the fruit of the Spirit, consists, dwells in, reveals itself the fruit of God's spirit reveals itself in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather the, uh, having nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather exposing them. The light of God's truth, that righteousness, that light that exists there is going to expose darkness. Don't have anything to do with that. Stay away from that. Stay away from it. The Bible says flee youthful lusts and temptations. And then we get on to, we get on to our verse. In verse 15, we drop down to verse 15. Be careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Don't waste 
Don't squander time hanging on to fear and anxiety and bitterness and harshness and, and sexual immorality and impurity. Don't waste your time. Redeem the time. That's all the snow. That's all the cold. That's all the winter. That's all the junk. The sunlight is when we walk in the truth, when we walk in light, when we walk in peace, when we walk in hope, when we walk in joy. We get to redeem our time. We need to redeem our time. There's, there's, it's a days, the days the Bible says, are evil, and they're going to get darker, and as they get darker, just a little bit of light makes such a difference. When you're in a conversation, Paul says, don't have anything to do with that. When you get around people and the conversation is dark, be the light. Redeem that time. Step away. If you've got to stop, step away and go, you know what? I just don't want to hear the crap. Do it. Say it. Step away. Be the light. Don't let somebody put a dark hood over top of you. Be the light. Don't we redeem the time. We only have so much time. We only have so much time. Our days, you know, our days are numbered. You know, the Bible says our days are numbered. Every one of us only has so many of them. Last, last Sunday, we're sitting there having lunch together, and we got a call, and that's uncle passed away. This week, I, I've Jenna's mom passed away a couple weeks ago. I find out I have two funerals to do on Wednesday. We only have so much time. What do you want to spend it on, church? What do you want to spend it on? Do you want to allow darkness around us to influence us and drag us down that road? Or do you want to stand up and be the light and redeem the time and say, you know what, this is where I'm going. You say, oh, okay, well, pastor, that's all really good, but... You know, the people that I hang around with, the sphere of influence that I have, they're all saved people. They're all good people. They're all going the same way. You know what I'd tell you? Find another sphere. Find another group of people. It's good to have a group of people that all know Jesus. That's good. You've got to find another group of people. You've got to find some people who walk in some darkness so that you can be the light. Redeem that time. Redeem. Now, if you're a young believer, stay out of it. Don't go there. But there are some of us that are old farts in the kingdom, right? We've been around a while, right? How many of you got a few years under your belt? You should be able to stand up to a little bit of unrighteousness around you. You might even be able to impact some of that darkness by being the light, right? Oh, I know, nobody wants to say amen because I put you in the old fart category. But the reality is we've got some time under our belt and we need to invest it into people's lives who are struggling with some darkness so that we can be light. We can redeem those times. We can buy back. That's what redemption is. It's like buying back those old days that were wasted. I wasted 18 years of my life and I didn't know Jesus. I want to buy those things back. I want to invest those in somebody else. I'm telling you, you can do all the garbage you want to do. But there is nothing, there is nothing like seeing somebody's, somebody's eyes light up because they catch the truth to God. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. As a pastor, to have somebody write me a memo that says, hey, thanks, I just got to tell you, you've made a difference in my life. There's nothing like that. I will take that, I'll take that every time versus going out and doing my own thing. Every time. Maybe it takes laying down your life for somebody. 
Don't walk after the world. That phrase redeeming the time is also found in Colossians. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without redeeming the time. Here's, here's, the, here's the knowledge and wisdom thing. Both times it's talking about wisdom. It's talking about how we redeem our time with wisdom. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. You can know something's wrong, but they have the wisdom to change it. Knowledge says uh, tomatoes are fruit. Wisdom says don't put tomatoes in a fruit salad. Okay, let that sink in for a minute. Knowledge says tomatoes are fruit. Wisdom says don't put it in the fruit salad. Knowledge says I see that I can make a difference in someone's life. Wisdom says this is how I do it. I can see that they need help in their lives. This is how I do it. We need to rely on God, and as we do, he will redeem those days. He'll redeem the time because people are struggling in wickedness. They're struggling in the wickedness around us. Pornography on every phone that you want to look at. You've got, you've got billboards. We've got stuff on TV that, that 20 years ago was completely unimaginable. Completely unimaginable. We talk about, we, we, we had our little gathering together here for the, for the health resources, and the one gal, Abby Johnson, her heart is to see that, that abortion would be completely unthinkable Right now, we, we, we abort a million babies. We have the, the ability to speak into that. That's evil, by the way. That's evil. That's evil. That's evil day. That's an evil day that we live in. When a million babies a year are aborted, that's an evil day. We have the ability to speak life into that. You may or may not change somebody's life, but you pronounce forgiveness to them. You let them know that Jesus loved them. You declare the kingdom of God. You declare the gospel to them. And you have the opportunity to redeem that person, to, to speak that life out. And sometimes we've got to get out of our comfort circles. We've got to get out of those circles that we're so easy, it's just so easy to flow in because everybody thinks like we think and everybody does what we do. You know, we, got, we have to make the most of the days that we have. If we were talking about redeeming our time, we're talking about the we're talking about the last couple of weeks, redeeming the, the, the sunshine, using it so that we get our yard cleaned up. But here God's talking about redeeming our time because the days are wicked. Psalms one thirty nine. God says in Psalms one thirty nine, basically, you need to live, we need to live with a constant awareness that there is a the clock is ticking. You only have so many days. Psalm 139, David says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts afar off. You you even know what I'm thinking, God. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. I got to say this. I think this is part of the value of parents raising their kids in a Christian home is you provide a, an atmosphere where God's spirit can hem them in, where, where you're, you're adding to that level of protection. You're saying, you know what, there's a lot of garbage out in the world and we're gonna get God's spirit involved to, to hem those kids in, to, to keep go behind them and go in front of them. You, you hem me in. 
in verse 13. Well, you go back, and he said, uh, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? We can't. God's been everywhere. He's done it all. He's, he's, he's experienced. He knows the beginning from the end. Verse 13, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knows every day of your life. Bobby Joe, God knows every day of your life. Doesn't make any difference what the surgeon says. Doesn't make any difference how the, the surgery went, how the operation. He knows every day of your life before you even had one of them. Before one day came to pass, he knew the beginning from the end for you. And he wants you and me and us to redeem every day. Several years ago, a country singer, what's his name? Live like you were dying. Zoe, bring it up. Tim McGraw. Part of his song is, I wish, I wish that you'd have a, a chance to, to live like you were dying, to see your life, see the end of it. Think about the end of it so that you can redeem it. He was talking about, about going fishing with his dad. He was talking about spending time with his kids. He was talking about riding a bull named Fu Manchu. Where did that come from? He was talking about uh, the passions for living life. To live like he was dying. Do we live like we're dying? We're going to allow God to redeem those days. And Paul says to the church in Rome, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. One passage, I think it's King James, says, this is your reasonable sacrifice. It's reason. It's only reasonable. God gave his life for you. It's only reasonable that you would lay down your life for him. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every time you work at renewing your mind, you're redeeming time. You're redeeming time. You're redeeming time. Every time you get God's word put in you, you're working at redeeming time. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will. What, is, what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And then Paul tells us down a few verses later what that will looks like. In Romans 12, verse 9, he says, Love, love must be sincere. Hate what's evil, cling to what's good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. In doing that, you're buying back time because you're taking the wickedness of this world and you're, you're taking and, and investing into somebody else's life. You're, you're investing God's word, his fruit, his life, his kingdom in them. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. 
Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In doing so, you're redeeming your time. Because if you're going to fight with your neighbor, you're doing nothing but squandering and wasting that time. You're wasting the kingdom of God. You're wasting the precious time that you have. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to, re- to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your en- ang- enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You've got to back up there a verse or so. Because it sounds like if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. By the way, this would be like dumping hot coals on his head. Well, why don't I just dump hot coals on his head? That would be easier. We wouldn't have to go through all this. Israel, in Israel, the this, this city would have a, a large fire pit in the, city, in the center of the city. That way you didn't have to keep a fire going in your house when it was 80 degrees or 100 degrees out. But when it came supper time, when it came time to cook, you'd go to the city and you'd have a large pot and they would scoop coals. They'd shovel those coals in so you could go back and start a fire and you'd cook with that fire. So when you're shoveling coals on somebody's head, you could change that up and you could say, uh, uh, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, it will be like paying his light bill. That's what he's saying. In doing this, it'll be like filling his car with fuel. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Do something different because when you function in light, in, in all light, the kingdom is revealed. The spirit is revealed. That spirit of life is revealed when we walk in righteousness and we watch in truth and we watch, walk in grace and we walk in peace. The Holy Spirit is revealed every time we do that. And what we're doing is we're buying back our days. We're redeeming. Our time redeeming these wicked days. That is the responsibility of you and I, folks. We're the church. That is not the responsibility of the United States government. That is not the responsibility of our governor, of our senator, of our president. That's not their responsibility. It's the responsibility of the church. That's who Paul's talking to. He's talking to the saints in Ephesus. He's not talking to the president of the United States. Redeem that time, redeem that time, redeem that time. Like I said, if you're here today and you say, well, you know, everybody I'm around, they're all pretty much redeemed. Find some unredeemed folks and get involved in their lives because there's wickedness and evil around them and they need to see light. Amen? I'm going to stop preaching before I get into sermon two. Lord, I just thank you for each person here today. God, I pray you'd give us wisdom, give us wisdom, give us wisdom. The days, your word says, the days around us are evil. The days around us are wicked. There's wickedness in the world around us, God. It's just the truth. It is the truth. And I pray, God, that you would help us to become light. Help us to reveal. You did. You you helped us become light already. The minute we accepted Jesus, we became light. So, God, I pray you'd help us to to be that light. Help us to redeem these days. There's going to come a time when we're not going to be able to do it anymore. There's going to come a time when we're going to be with you and it's all done. The doors are closed. The the, the books are closed. It's all done. 
We're not going to be able to lead anyone else to the Lord. We're not going to be able to, to pour into somebody else's life. We're not going to be able to see that. But now, when the days are wicked, we can do that. And I pray that you would cause us work in our lives, hound us, God, until we're, we're ready to say, okay, I'll do it. Holy Spirit, we need you to move us in ways of wisdom so that we're not being foolish. God, that we're reaching out and we are a light to the community around us and in doing so, you redeem our time, God. You redeem our time. I spend time giving to somebody else and all of a sudden my leaves are are raked. All of a sudden, the snow is shoveled. All of a sudden, these things are done. I, it didn't take me anything to do it. You've redeemed our time. Because we gave, we poured into somebody else. I just ask you to use us, God. Use us, use us, use us. Use us as a church, as a people. Help us, God, to use the 60 seconds in a minute, 60 seconds in an hour, and the 24 hours in a day that you've given us. Help us not to squander that time in Jesus' name. Amen.